you've got to murder him or else like bad shit's going to happen. And Clark is like, I gotta, I was like, I never like, I gotta kill Lex like for real. everyone this is alex and this is em welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. Today we're discussing the midsection of WBCW's iconic superhero teen drama, Smallville. Based on DC Comics' most popular franchise of all time, Superman, Smallville follows a young Kryptonian's journey from small farm to big city. We get to witness all of the big and small events in Smallville, Kansas that help shape the Superman that we know as well as his arch nemesis, Lex Luthor. So what do we think made Smallville so captivating? Stay tuned. All right, everyone. If you missed last week's episode, stop right now and go tune in. If you're joining us again, here are some critical details about Smallville. The series is classified as an action adventure, drama, and superhero. It was developed by Alfred Miles, excuse me, Alfred Go and Miles Miller. It's based on the Superman franchise uh, by DC Comics, which was created by. Uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Smallville was released from October 16, 2001 through May 13, 2011. It aired on the WB for the first five seasons and the CW for the last five seasons, giving it a total of 10 seasons and 217 episodes. The series stars Tom Willing as Clark Kent, our protagonist, Kristen Crew as Lana Lang, his very first love interest, Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor, um, Allison Mack as Chloe Sullivan, one of Clark's best friends, who was invented for the show, Annette O'Toole as Martha Kent, Clark's adopted mother, John Snyder as Jonathan Kent, Clark's adopted father, John Glover as Lionel Luthor, uh, Lex's father, another character created for the series, Sam Jones III as Pete Ross, Erica Durance as Lois Lane, who would be Clark's greatest love, Laura Vandervoot as Cara Zor-El, uh, a.k.a. Cara Kent. She is Clark's Kryptonian cousin. Aaron Ashmore as Jimmy Olsen, Chloe's boyfriend at the Daily Planet. And last but not least, Justin Hartley as Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow and CEO of queen industries and leader of the justice league we left off talking about episode 
of talking about season three. So let's jump into season four, which was 22 episodes long. In this season, uh, Clark uh, and, you know, after Clark and Jonathan had that showdown last season, uh, Clark embraces his destiny as Kal-El. And um, he... uh, he decides. I guess he went to, on like a summer camp, essentially. Exactly. Kryptonian summer camp. Exactly. That's what he does. Um, and. and mm-hmm. Oh, we're introduced for the first time to the show's Lois Lane. Yes. In this first episode, uh, she comes to town to investigate Chloe's death. Because remember, Lionel set up Chloe to die in the last season Mm -hmm. and as of now she's still presumed to be very much dead right um let's talk about lois lane for a bit i don't like i do not like erica durance's lois lane i don't either i remember watching this in real time when it was airing and the first thing i said when she smiled was she looks 30 (laughs) I think, like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't necessarily mind that, like, she's older, although maybe at at the time uh, that was, like, an issue for me. Now that I rewatch it, I think I just, I don't like, she doesn't work. Like, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to create a juxtaposition in personality between, like, Lois and Lana, because they don't want to, they don't want to cast, like, essentially Lana Lang part two in Lois Lane because they know that somehow like Lois and Clark need to end up together but she is like too abrasive uh gosh it's it's a little bit more complicated than that for me for me it was pretty clear that they were trying to give us tension right they were always like bickering and arguing over little things um, and I guess this was supposed to illustrate tension between them, but for me, their relationship never evolved out of feeling like an older brother and her sister or older or sister and her brother. That's true. It is big, like big sister, little brother vibes. And it stays that way. And I'm um, like, these people are not attracted to each other. Honestly, this is the energy the creators of life with Derek should have been looking for. um it's so weird um it never stops being weird and i honestly feel like it's very easy to imagine that erica durance and tom willing have this relationship off screen as well yeah you know it's like they're trying to do like a like a classic enemies to lovers arc but um like you said there's no like underlying tension there it's just it's just annoyance just generally and they were never enemies that's what bothers me the most if you're gonna do enemies to lovers trope you gotta commit you have to commit they were like y'all were just bickering about bullshit doesn't make you enemies they lois and clark always wanted the same thing they always had the same agenda only different methods Right, which, like, I think you can, which I think it's fine, and I think that, like, if you have, like, you can make strong tension out of that, 
but it has to be something that's like really mm-hmm. well done. It's like a very delicate thing to do. And I and if there's one thing that this show does not do, it's it's delicacy and nuance. Uh, it it doesn't do it well. Um, yeah, we hate it here. Um, La- uh, Lana, by the way, speaking of Lana, she comes from Paris with a brand new man on her arm. Brand new man. She's dating Jason Teague, um, who's played by a pre-supernatural Jensen Eccles. Um, I think this was like the the year right before he went to Supernatural, and uh, Jared Padalecki left uh, Gilmore Girls to to be his co-star. Um, but we, she has a new boyfriend. She's living her best life. But of course, nothing in Lana's life is as smooth as it seems. She's definitely uh, a more palatable version of an Elena Gilbert. Because there are things happening in her life that actually have nothing to do with Clark. And this is one of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I'm just like... How many things can happen to one person? They think that she's a reincarnated Countess Margaret Isabel Thoreau. Oh, my God. This is the worst. I hated this plot so much. It's the worst. <laughs> like, it's the worst. Emphasis on that T. The worst. Um, <laughs> and so it. we have, uh, what is her name? She shares a name with one of Henry VIII's wives. Um, but Dr. Quinn shows up. That's what I know her as. <laughs> right. Medicine woman. <laughs> Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, shows up. And she and her son have a lot of ulterior motives. They're basically and like Lionel and Lex, but like... They get along, and though. Son. Yeah, they, but they get along. They don't like hate each other. Yeah, so it's kind of cool because I'm like... I remember watching them and actually thinking that exact thing. I'm like, you know what? Lionel, you could have had this if you weren't such a shitty parent. You could have shown your son enough love that you could have groomed him to be like your evil sidekick. Like, it didn't have to be what it is right now. <laughs> like, you're in competition with your son, and that's why things are happening for you the way that they're happening for you. Like, you're also- out here fighting for your life. <laughs> also, it's really funny. It's really funny and ironic that because they're jane seymour her name is jane seymour (laughs) yes jane seymour gosh how did we forget i was like i know she has the same name as one of henry the eighth's wives it's all i know (laughs) it's jane seymour who plays his mom (laughs) yeah continue oh i also think it's really because so then yeah there's this whole plot that starts at the beginning of the season where lana is like some magic witch or whatever which is dumb as shit and I'm not I kind of don't want to acknowledge it but like uh but when they get back to Smallville Jason like follows her back to Smallville because like I'm just said like ulterior evil motives um but then he takes like a job at her school as like the assistant football coach (laughs) and I just find it in which the show then like realizes it's weird but then like has to address it yeah (laughs) oh my gosh it's so cringe the whole thing is so cringe because it's because they do it like in the form of lex like lex essentially gets jay like gets jason fired and he's like it's weird right that like 
you're fucking this girl, or, like, at least you want to fuck her, and then, like, you're also her teacher. <laughs> like, that's awkward. Smallville was so weird, because you're not going to convince me that she spent the entire summer with this man, and their relationship is still chaste. Oh my gosh, like, everybody brings her. it up. <laughs> he follows her from Paris to Smallville, but, like, he's he never touched her, okay? And everybody, like, rightfully brings it up. Like, Chloe's like, wait, but, because when, because there's a whole, like, I'm Lana's like I'm gonna lose my virginity episode, <laughs> which is also like cringe, but like, in the, but it's also kind of hilarious now to watch it. And Chloe's like, "What do you mean you're not a virgin?" And Lana's like, "I'm," or like Chloe's like, "What do you mean you're still a virgin?" And Lana's like, "Yeah, I'm still a virgin." She goes, "You were in Paris for three months with this man by yourself." Very yeah, good. I mean, points were made. Points, points were made. made. Points oh, made. yeah, by the way, we were, Chloe's still alive at this point. She was just, like... Uh, she faked um, her death. She faked her death because, obviously, when someone's trying to kill you, um, the best thing to do is to let them believe that you are, in fact, dead. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the whole situation with Jason is super cringe, and it's super weird. He and his mom have this weird agenda. Um... And uh, once we we realize that Chloe's still alive, they kind of try to get back to season one a little bit by giving us these, like, villains of the week. I think the first one that makes a real appearance is in episode seven, a foreign exchange student who has the powers of persuasion. So he's, like, fixing these football games. Mm-hmm. And no one really knows how he's controlling everyone. Um, uh but uh, Lex eventually ends up taking custody of him because he loses his powers and Lex wants him to regain his powers to try to like get to the bottom of it. This is the first inkling that we ever get to evil Lex. Yeah, um, these are the beginnings of like truly evil Lex. Right. And even then we could we could we could we could write this off as Purely scientific curiosity, if we wanted to. But yeah, right. it's the beginnings of evil Lex. And then, of course, because Smallville writers will not let this Countess Margaret shit go. Oh my gosh, they won't let it go. It's so terrible. <laughs> they take us back to France in the 1600s. And uh, we meet Countess Thoreau and her ladies-in-waiting, who are also witches, and they were burnt at the stake and they are seeking revenge for their burnings as well as the Kryptonian stones. Black kryptonite's been introduced at this point as well. Right, which is which makes Clark like just ultra paranoid. And I don't know what it is about Kristen Crew. Every time Lana is playing an evil person or a possessed person, but she becomes much hotter. Listen, she's really in her bag. Like, and we'll talk about it when we get to season six. <laughs> like, it's literally like when Nina Dobrev plays Catherine Pierce, and it's so much better than when she plays Elena. <laughs> it's like she has a personality for the first time, and like I hate to say that, but it, it's just it just is what it is. Um, which so- makes me think that she's a much more fun person in real life than which we perceive on the show, because clearly it's very hard for her to play regular ass people. <laughs> Right, like she, there's something that, that that's not clicking. Um, so let's talk really quick about 
unsafe and pariah like the, this arc. So in season four. So in season four, um, Alicia from season three, Obsession, is released from, from Arkham Asylum. Not Arkham, sorry. <clears throat> Bell Reeve. Uh, Bell Reeve. <laughs> it's the same concept. It's the same concept. It is. Except she actually got better. Like, legitimately got better. <laughs> legitimately gets better. And so she she is released from Bell Reeve. And because uh, Clark, once again, is feeling kind of lonely. He's, like, feeling really isolated. Um, because of his powers, feeling like he can't be normal. So Alicia's here to sort of alleviate some, alleviate some of that. And and Pete has since some gone somewhere. Apparently, he's just oh yeah, Clark. Uh, uh, Pete left in season three because he realized that somebody knew that he knew Clark's secret. So in like a super sacrificial move, he moves with his mom to um the big city in order to protect clark yeah to to which yeah girl no one will find you in the state capitol in reality the writers are just like we don't know what to do with this black kid so let's just get him off the show (laughs) exactly um but anyway so alicia comes back she is all better and she is hanging out and absolutely, and then, like, her doctor, who was, like, a Max Martin lookalike, <laughs> um, is, once she starts hanging out with Clark again, yeah, her, her doctor, who is, like, Max Martin's twin, is, like, you know, hey, like, you can't be hanging around Clark, because that, like, precip, like, that, you know, um, was, like, central to, like, your breakdown. But, and in reality, he just, which, like, sure, but in reality, like, when you watch the episode, it's just that this dude is obsessed with her. Like, this old, like, so many, like, the trials of so many young women uh, with men who they're never gonna fuck are just, like, now obsessed with them. For no reason. Oh my god. And this was a really popular storyline in the late 90s and early 2000s where the really, really, really good looking girl goes to a therapist and the person who's trying to help her get better, like the therapist, is the main one who's like uh, infatuated with her. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Like, what is that like a Sopranos leftover or something? I don't know. I mean, it happened on so many different shows. Like, it happened on Skins. Like, Effie's therapist killed Freddie. Remember, y'all? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, this shit was crazy. He was about to kill Cook, too. Um, and the savagery of it all makes me think that that's definitely not the first time he's dropped a body. Um, but yeah, in Alicia's case, Clark is really happy to be with her. And she actually is much better and in control of herself. And they're having a great time. And he's, um, uh, and essentially uh, the doctor, the doctor being obsessed with her and following her around and threatening her. Like when I rewatched, I was like, oh, I get that now. It's like the doctor is like following her around and like stalking her. And she essentially gets scared. Like she's frightened. And like, 
rightfully so. And so she is like, so with the whole aspect of like being frightened by this guy, like wanting to be needing to feel protected, seeing like, you know, and Clark is in a position to do that. Right. And then she does also legitimately like him. Alicia, you know, does a thing that she should not do. And Mm. she doses Clark with red kryptonite, I think in order to sort of fully realize these desires of like wanting to be protected, wanting this guy to like her, even though he like already likes her. And we know that like on red kryptonite, Clark just kind of like does whatever. Right. We have to keep that in mind. Red red kryptonite only makes him more unhinged. uninhibited doesn't actually make him do anything he doesn't want to do or feel anything he doesn't already feel um so i'll give her that i'll give her that like it's not (laughs) it's not as bad as like slipping someone drugs right (laughs) um he is he is still in control of his faculties for the most part um but yeah while he's on red kryptonite he's just like I want to be with you. Let's go to Vegas and get married. (laughs) Right. He's like really taking it to a level. And you know, she's just like, you know, she's, she's a girl. So she's like, and she's into him. So she's just like, she's with it. Like, yeah, he's young and hot. She's young and hot. Like who, no one's probably ever going to understand them as well as they understand each other. And that's facts. Like uh, literally until season finale, Alicia was probably his best match. Same. And, like, also, there is, like, an incredible... So, yeah, so they go to Vegas, they do this thing. There is an incredible, incredibly, really well-directed... I don't know if it's, like, a sex scene, because they don't actually have sex. But, like, it is, like... It's a a little sequence of, like, them sort of, like, hooking up and then, like, using their powers, like, while they're hooking up. And it's it's really, it's just a really great, really well-directed sequence. It's to this, like, incredible Scissor Sisters song. Um, I watch this all the time. <laughs> like, because it's... It is the best Smallville episode. It really is. It really is. I, uh, only because it's such a great, like I said, the sequence is so great. And I, I think part of why it's so great is, like, it's so playful. And I don't think we see, like, really fun, playful hooking up scenes like that anymore. Um, it's so like, I think if you're a director and like, you're interested in like what that looks like, this is like a cool sequence to watch. Yeah. Cause tender and loving is overdone. And the only thing more overdone than that is the traumatic. Um, (laughs) right. It's like (laughs) bad trauma sex. Uh, yeah. So these two get married uh, they whisk off to Vegas. They get married. There's like a whole sequence too where they're like in his bed because he he his bedroom is in the barn, like in the loft above the barn, so it's separate from the house. Right. So I guess these two can be as loud as they want to be. And then his parents will co- come through, and then Martha and Jonathan are just like, "We told you that marriage is sacred. I can't believe you just ran off and married this girl." Da 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 da. And I'm like, you know what? He was on red kryptonite and still wanted to marry the girl before sleeping with her. That says a lot. <laughs> I feel like that says a lot, right? Um. So, yeah. So, like, she... So, they're in this hotel room, this after post-marriage, and she t- 
takes off and she feels bad. <laughs> Alicia feels bad. So she like takes off the the red kryptonite necklace and he sort of comes back and he's like not pleased. Um, which is like fair, fair. These are all yes. fair situations. And she uh and so then he like bounces, he leaves, and then she comes to the barn to like say she's sorry. And of course, like the therapist is there. <laughs> The therapist yeah. is there and he's ready to kill Clark because he's like, it's you. Like, <laughs> and it's, he's like, it's you. You're the reason why Alicia like is not, is like sick again or whatever. And she's not really sick. Like I said, it's like, it's, I think it's more complicated than that. Um, but, and honestly, I like, I'm side eyeing Clark because even if you're a therapist and you think your patient is sick, why are you stalking the people in their lives? That's completely unprofessional. It is. It's unprofessional. And so then old girl, I guess, to make up for whatever, like when the doctor like tries to shoot Clark, she takes the bullet, which like wouldn't have been me, child, but like shout out to to young love. (laughs) Like um, could not have been me, especially since Clark at like bodies were dropping at this point. And um uh, you know, Clark defended her at first, but once Lana and Jason are attacked as well, he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust you anymore. And he tries to talk Alicia into not only turning herself in, but telling the authorities about her powers, which is fucked right. up. Which is and fucked she's like, up. I'll tell them about my powers if you tell them about your powers, because I didn't do this. Um, right. And it leads Alicia to to essentially out him to Chloe. And so this is how Chloe finds out that Clark is like, you know, Clark. And I'm not even mad about it. And the way she does it is kind of genius because she outs Clark to Chloe without without Clark being aware that Chloe now knows. <laughs> Right, right. So, yeah, so that's the point. So, basically, like, bodies are... So, then that's the next episode, like, in this uh, this arc. So, bodies are dropping because somebody can enter. There's another person who has, uh, like, similar powers to Alicia who's dropping bodies. And everybody thinks it's her. And she's like, it's not me. Like, why would I do that? Like, I don't care about y'all like this. Like, Right. And, and they're like, no, it, it is you because you tried to like hurt Lana that one time. And everyone's just like, and she's like, yeah, but I was sick then. I'm better now. Like I'm stable. And 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 so and then she's going to Clark like, you need to defend me. Like you need to. And Clark is like, no, just turn yourself into the police. And she's like, OK, but like you got to do it, too. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I'm not trying to do that. And so basically. So, and then in the process, she outs Chloe. So then we find out that it's actually this random, the person who's been dropping all this bot, all these bodies is this random ass, you know, country dude that Lois actually goes on a date with, who is just mm-hmm. like, you know, weird fundamentalist Christian. Yeah, that's him, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was him. And he was doing it purposely because they knew that he knew that people would blame Alicia. Right. And apparently, well, t- uh, Alicia ends up getting killed. Yeah. She, she took a bullet for this man that wasn't really trying to, like, you know, hold her down. 
Oh no, she's hanged. Like he stages her suicide. Oh yeah, I remember that. Clark finds a body. Oh, that was terrible. It was terrible. And it was, was terrible. And it's horrible. It's really horrifying. Like in a really serious I mean, way. Luckily, Clark Clark understands that she didn't kill herself, that she was murdered. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, she is very much dead. And that's when he realized that he really loved her. And she's just another person who was ultimately sacrificed with Clark trying to keep his secret. And then fucking Jonathan is like, it's not your fault, son. But I'm like, no, 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 girl. Like, it is his fault. <laughs> because you you had one job, protect and defend her, and you couldn't even do that. And my thing is, if you really feel like she's guilty like that, wouldn't you want to keep her closer and to keep an eye on her? Right. <laughs> like, like if she's with you all the time and bodies are still dropping, case closed. She doesn't have super speed. Right. She just, so, <laughs> just teleports. So, like, so what are we talking about? So it's really, really bad. Uh, and like I said, Alicia was not just Clark's best match. And I'm, I say this until series closing. Same. Chemistry was crazy. We love it. I really feel like, um, you know, she ha- obviously she had gotten better, but I also feel like uh, she was a a good person for him because I feel like she challenged his morality in a lot of ways. Because I always felt like he felt that he had the moral high ground, and even though he really liked her, I don't think he fully let go of her past. Right? This right. is a problem for Clark and his daddy. They cannot let shit go. They'll judge people by their past, their parents' past, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It doesn't, you know, the the point, it's it's like whatever. So so there's um so yeah, there uh there is a great little episode in season four called I wanna say um, oh, you know what? It's not in season four. That's a lie. Um, so the next sort of, I think, cool, like, episodic episode in in season four is, like, probably Onyx, which mm-hmm. is, like, when we get to see, uh, which is cool because, so essentially the episode is, is, like, Lex is working on something in the secret lab or whatever, this is experimenting with the meteor rocks and he's in the lab and there's like an accident that happens and we and um lex is split into two so like we have good lex and bad lex uh and they're both alexander that's his full name by the way right the evil lex luthor um that's that show was crazy um especially how it's resolved, right? Clark has to force the two halves back together. And so now you understand that the conflict that's happening now is internal. Right. And, and I, right. And we've always sort of known that there is like a big internal conflict within Lex. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, and I, but I guess the reason why this episode is particularly fun is that like it, we get to see it like made manifest in a really like clear, sort of way and Michael Rosenbaum is so great um he's great at at I think both 
like both halves of himself and he really listen he's acting in this episode (laughs) um he really does it big you know i was thinking about this and i realized one of the great things about michael rosenbaum and his performance in general is that like michael rosenbaum is so unsettling as lex because like he has this way of like looking at you and saying something and like you don't know like and you can't really tell if he's lying yes and there's the other thing too where he'll say something and you don't know if it's a compliment or an insult right and i'm like damn he must have given the women in his life hell like Mm. i'm like damn i know a bitch must have been like real fucked up like because he'd be looking at you and saying shit with with a straight face and i'm just like is he lying is he lying to himself like what's happening um but it's this really great quality that like i think is probably central to him as like a person that he brings to this character that is that really is like great and it's part of like what makes the character so unsettling um but yeah onyx is like a great episode and and then yeah and i guess clark is like conflicted uh even even more conflicted when he has to when he realizes like yeah he can't kill the bad legs he just has to put them back together and hope that the good Mm. that the good side wins out which mm. yeah so that happens this season and I, i agree that's one of my favorite episodes of season four i just thought it was so good it was so well acted but then of course they won't give us peace because we have to be immersed in this countess margaret garbage once more <laughs> oh my gosh it's never ending and it's so terrible and then and that's the worst thing it, it will not stop this season it will continue into the next season <laughs> that's what makes it so terrible but like the season ends with basically the kids are graduating high school and um everyone is no one's talked about college, by the way. Like, I mean, they kind of, but not really. I think, Lon, everyone's going to Metropolis, you, or whatever. But um, the whole thing is, like, uh, every we're, everybody's graduating, and Lex has been... And um, the big thing that happens is, like, a brand new meteor like, falls out of the sky to fuck up Smallville. There's, like, a brand... There's a whole brand new meteor shower with new meteors, more meteor freaks, and um, Chloe and uh, Clark, uh, you know, submits once again, goes to Jarrell for help, and Clark finds, essentially, or is led to the Fortress of Solitude, which looks like it's in some sort of remote Antarctic area that honestly probably doesn't really exist anymore because, you know, climate change. So. Right. And we get a whole backstory on this. So you guys know the first meteor shower didn't bring anybody but Clark and enhanced meteors, meteorites that that made people who were already here into meteor freaks. But when uh, the Countess Margaret Isabel 
possesses Lana again and kills Jason's mom using one of the Kryptonian stones. This, this is what triggers the second meteor shower, which brings a menace to Smallville and a bunch of stuff happens. Like, like Alex said, Clark has to go to his daddy and get all the stones he can. Um, Martha and Jonathan are held at gunpoint by Lana's boyfriend wants to know where Clark is. A meteor literally lands on the house. That's some real Kansas shit. Remember when <laughs> the tornado <laughs> flattened Dorothy's house? Um, <laughs> um, uh, Clark is trying to get all the stones and put them together in the cave. Uh, and uh, Lex basically, like, he doesn't just tiptoe. He really crosses over the edge by taking Chloe and forcing her to go with him to the caves to uh, see uh, Clark in those caves and having everything that he's ever thought more or less confirmed, right? Right. Um, and that's where season four of Smallville leaves off. Everybody's true colors are shining through. It's masked off. <laughs> right. So what do we think of season four? Good, bad, or basic? You know, season four is, it's it's fun. It's a fun time. It's a wild ride. I'm going to agree. I'm going to give season four a good, bordering on great. In fact, I think season four might be the last great season of Smallville. I think there were a couple good ones after that, literally just a couple. But season four was the last season of Smallville that I thought was great and enjoyable. And like we said, there are episodes of this season that I rewatch all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and see, that's why, like, yeah, that's why it's a good for me, too. Like, because there are so many episodes in this season that I do come back to a lot. I will say that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. That's that's where I'm at. So, season, season five. five. Season five, we open with essentially Clark realizing that Chloe also got ter- teleported to the mm-hmm. fortress. And Clark is impervious to heat and cold. Uh, Chloe is not. <laughs> yeah, he wears that jacket. That jacket he wears literally all year long is just for show. It's for sure. And I feel like people should have called him out on this. Because, Clark, why are you wearing a blue jacket in the summer? Right? Like, somebody would have said something, right? Um, Right. Like, Kansas summers are hot and dusty as hell. So, you don't need a jacket. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they pick up right where season four leaves off. She's transported. And, uh, like you said, she's not impervious to the cold because she's a human. She's an earthling. Um... And the only way Clark can save Chloe is by putting his powers to the side and revealing to her that he's an alien, which we already know that she knows. He doesn't. But the fact that he actually had to think about this speaks volumes, but whatever. Right. Um, Lana, who was getting like a lift to in the Luther Corp jet, uh, it crashes and in the a big meteor crashes and in the meteor was like a big spaceship, a big black triangular spaceship and out of the spaceship emerges two agents of Zod. If you're like a comic book nerd, you know who Zod is. He's like one of, um, Zod is like the big bad, like to Superman, um, his Joker, Superman's Joker, if you will. And, uh, Emperor Zod, and these are two, like, it's not Zod, but it's two, like, 
you know, one of Zod's acolytes, two of Zod's acolytes. So that they have officially been introduced and that will be like one of our big uh, plot engines this season. And um, yeah, that's. Yeah. So basically Smallville is returning to its roots. Um, I would have given season four an excellent if it wasn't for that Countess Isabel shit. Um, because what does that have to do with, with, with this narrative and nothing? Um, but we're going back to its roots now. Zod is the leader of basically the Kryptonian cult that tried to overthrow, uh, Jor-El, Clark's father back on Krypton. And he has a lot of really great abilities, but his powers are inferior to Superman's because, uh, Clark was exposed to the yellow sun, Earth sun, all this time. And uh, they need the powers of sunlight to enhance their abilities. And Zod didn't, didn't really have that. Um, but the disciples come to Earth and they're searching for Kal-El, of course. Um, and Clark is forced to come back to Smallville before his training is over. Um, and he tells jor that he'll come back before sunset. Um, but and he doesn't because he you doesn't. know Lana is in distress. Yeah, Lana's in distress, and believe me, he needs all the training he can get because yeah, they might not be as strong as Clark individually, but there's a lot of them, and that's their singular goal. Right, and so because he doesn't return, because Lana's in distress and he doesn't return, Clark's powers are taken away. Yeah, and uh, Lana gets a note from Lex saying that he basically took care of Jason and his mother, Genevieve. Um, And honestly, when a rich person tells you that they took care of something, that could have so many meanings. (laughs) Oh, and it's like, and listen, it's like, it's the most like, uh, it's the most intense note too. Like all he, all, all that happens is that she wakes up in the hospital and she sees the, the the newspaper and it's a person of and it's a picture of um Jason and his mom and it says socialite and son killed and then like beside it is written like you owe me one L and it's like woo Yeah, see, I feel like and this is when I started getting the inkling that Lana and Lex's relationship was a was was moving in a deeper direction because if I had read that I would have thought it was a threat right and it's not and it, it like at least it, for her it isn't it's just like you know it, it's you know whatever dealings there they have with each other so um yeah so I mean yikes which is why when Lana tries to like front like she's a good person later I'm like are you though Lana is this true like <laughs> um so yeah Clark's daddy gets mad at him for not coming back by curfew <laughs> and and strips him of his power yes yeah, this is so petty bro this is I'm gonna teach you how to fight and how to defend your planet but if you don't get back home on time I'm just gonna strip you of your powers and leave you completely vulnerable to intergalactic terrorists that's like real Lionel Luther shit <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's some real Lionel shit. Okay, you see it too. Okay, thank <laughs> you. Um, 
it was it was very it was giving very much Lionel Luthor. Um, even Lionel never took away Lex's money. Jesus, uh, I mean he and he did. That's the worst part. <laughs> he did that one time. Oh right, right. That was that one time. That was that oh one time. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So, so the season moves. So, so yeah. So Clark, you know, goes. I think he goes like it like two episodes without his powers. In the time of these two episodes, um, he finally has sex with Lana. So, like, that happens. Um, and that same episode, he ends his friendship with Lex when he realizes that Lex orchestrated a whole situation to test his abilities and make him use his powers. He's just like, we're done. We're over. Yeah, he's like, like this is over. Like, I'm finished. And that breakup hurt me, y'all. I've seen a lot of TV breakups. That hurt me. It did hurt me, like, because it's like they've been, you know, because it didn't have to, it didn't have to be this way. That's what was so hurtful. Um, it was, uh, it, yeah, it just didn't have to be that way. And that, that's unfortunate. Um, so, so yeah, so season five is also, like, a great season. Uh, obviously, Clark does get his powers back once he, I think, after Immortal, once he realizes that, like, he is super vulnerable, like, without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, he gets shot and literally dies. Yeah. He goes... <laughs> like, he's, it's been, like, three weeks without his powers, and he's already, like, catching bullets. I don't know. It's sad. He goes and he, you know, um, goes to Jarrell and begs for... he And begs for his powers back, and he gets them back, and breaks up with Lana again the same day and it's super it's super dramatic. Um right. and even Chloe warned him against this. And this I know Chloe's a real one and also that she's very much over Clark. She's just like, listen, you didn't think I could handle this, but I could handle it and Lana can handle it too. You need to give her more credit. Da 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 but Clark's on that martyr shit and uh he breaks up with her. And this leaves a gaping wound big enough for Lex Luthor to step into. I mean, listen, huge wound. And Lex just steps right into it. And Clark has absolutely no... I got you. I would never lie to you. Yeah, he's like, girl, I would never lie to you. You see how I'm always honest with you, girl? (laughs) And and this whole time, Clark's dad, uh, Jor-El, has been using Lionel Luthor's body as a vessel. That shit is crazy. (laughs) That shit is so wild. Like, and Clark has no one to blame but himself. Um, so Clark goes to university. Um, uni, yeah. So Clark goes to college. He's going to Kansas U, Kansas A&M or something. And at Kansas A&M, he meets uh, a professor. Uh, his name is Professor Fine. <laughs> Uh, played by the iconic, infamous, infamous and iconic, not infamous, just iconic, um, played by the famous and super iconic James Marsters, um, who played Spike on Buffy. And And this is when I knew things were getting good. Because, like, he's a sci-fi OG. OG. And I knew they were about to turn up the heat on us. And I was correct. 
Listen, when like, Professor Fine is introduced, I knew like it was a re- it was really about to go. Like <laughs> I knew that they were in their bag for real. Yeah, it was it was very much a thank you for your service moment. I also knew that his character was evil. I was like, I don't care what this dude said, he evil. That's also true. Like you don't when James Marsters for better or for worse, when he shows up on screen, you know that like some crazy shit's about to happen. And you know that like he is at the center of that crazy shit. And he is evil. Like it's it's just what it is. You know what I mean? Um and listen, shout so shout out to like Smallville in general. I think earlier, like in the last episode, I said that like Smallville, a lot of Smallville structure is based off buff is based off of like I think the Buffy model of telling of structuring and telling story in this way and um it's and i won't go through the whole episode but shout out to episode five called thirst which is essentially small bill's like little tribute to to buffy um the the conceit of the episode is essentially like lana go joins a sorority and becomes a vampire uh and i think the head girl the head vampire in the sorority. Her name is Buffy Saunders. So it's like, it's really cute. And if you're a Buffy fan, it's like, it's a fun episode for that reason. Um, I mean, I don't know why they didn't just name her Juicilla. In every rich circle, there's a girl named Juicilla anyway. <laughs> right? Um, so then we, so by the way, in this season, we also discover like silver kryptonite is a thing. And silver kryptonite also... I think I was wrong. Black kryptonite doesn't give you dilute. It's silver kryptonite that gives him like ultra paranoia. And Girl, delusions. I can't keep track of all these colors either. Kryptonite <laughs> seems to come in every color of the rainbow. <laughs> it really do though. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah. So um, so season five is basically when. Oh, uh, there's also like a great episode of season five called like Lexmas. That's like it's the Christmas episode, but it's like a Christmas carol, but for like Lex, and it's really great. Um, and uh, Jonathan dies this season, which honestly, yeah. So apparently, that was the deal he made with Jorel when he yeah. died. Like he caught that bullet and he died, and then Jorel brought him back to life and gave him back his powers. He's like, this is what's gonna have to happen. Someone you love gotta die. He says. I can give you back these powers, but someone you love gotta die. Thankfully, it was Jonathan that got taken out and not Martha. Because <laughs> I really like Martha. Everybody likes Martha. And honestly, like, it's it's a big moment. And it's, like, really, like, whatever. But I was just like, I'm kind of glad he's dead. Because, like, honestly, he wasn't really... He was for the birds. Like, he wasn't he doing was anything birds. of actual worth. So Jonathan gets taken out after, right after winning the state's senatorial race. This season actually laid the groundwork, too, about how Jonathan and Martha met. They met at the same college that Clark is now attending. And, you know, uh, I think he was a business major and she was majoring in something else. But Martha comes from a wealthy family. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She could have been so much more. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with her choosing to live on a farm and be a wife and be a mother. I'm just saying she had more options than Jonathan. And now she's actually realizing another side of herself. Um, And Lionel Luthor wastes no time trying to console the grieving widow. 
Listen, this is li- this is Lionel's moment. You know how long he's been waiting for this? <laughs> waiting on this. I, waiting I, on I, this. Like, he- I knew he had a thing for Martha, but I didn't know he was lusting after the woman to this degree. <laughs> Listen, like, one thing I'll say about the Luthers, y'all, is like, they're patient as shit. Like, <laughs> they're very patient. Like, they're patient men. Like, they're gonna, they're gonna lay and wait as long as it takes. Because, and I'm loves her for real because he had the money and resources to remove her husband from the picture without anybody ever knowing who did it (laughs) make that shit look like an accident he really could have he really could have but he's just like nah like it's gonna work out for me like i'm just gonna wait this shit out because he because because jonathan was already feeling a type of way like in season two or like one when like she was like Lionel's aide while he was blind or whatever. And he was definitely, Lionel was definitely trying to make something happen there. I mean, that's how Stephen Hawking and his nurse got together. So, and so in, but like, he couldn't make it happen, but, but, but Lionel was like, so it's fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait on it. And listen, it worked out. Like he, he immediately does what he needs to do. Um, granted it doesn't work out, uh, or it's not all, it's not all fun kicks and giggles cause they get taken in by like this, there's like a, there's like an episode where like Smallville does like the Saw franchise (laughs) (laughs) called Mercy. And it's essentially like some, and it's, and that's basically what it is. It's like they do Saw in an episode and it's Martha and Lionel getting kidnapped and having to do all these like saw games to get free until like Clark finds them. Um, and you know, the thing about being in that type of situation with somebody, whether it's like being on the battlefield or being in a hostage situation with somebody, it's the fastest way to bond with another person. <laughs> it is. If you want to rush a relationship several steps, several years ahead, Get taken hostage together, right? Get a get a get a little trauma bond going, right? And you know they're really smart. They're really capable. Um, they figure it out. Um, but the end of the season is when we realize who Professor Fine really is and what he's on. Right. So, um, shout out to the so yeah let's get into that but really quick before um shout out to episode 15 cyborg rest in peace lee thompson young lee thompson young reprises like does cyborg on the show um and we love it we we met him such a great cyborg he was he's a really good cyborg um and the show does not give him a lot but he does a lot with it so um yeah. So okay. So let's so let's do this. So in the so basically all this shit is happening with Professor Fine and Lex is investigating. Lex and Lana actually both are investigating um, the situation with the the black triangle space ship, and both of them are also investigating Professor Fine because they think that something is off about him. And so they, so all this, you know, I guess heat and tension from investigating spaceships and spying on people uh, ignites a flame between Lana and Lex. And they 
share like a kiss and Clark catches them when he goes to like to the mansion to yell at Lex about something. I don't know. He's always yelling at Lex about something. And he kind of catches them and it's drama. <laughs> Clark is so broken. He cannot believe that um like and it's like sis why are you mad you dumped the both of them (laughs) but he's like they weren't supposed to move on without me child they they were supposed to wait and beg for my love and forgiveness (laughs) Mm. (laughs) nah they found their own little consolations In, in each other yeah and so um and it's to the point where like Clark inadvertently like tells like his new friend to go kill Lex. <laughs> it gets so ridiculous. Um and then Clark's like, I didn't tell you to go like kill Lex. He's like, and then the friend's like, but you didn't say not to do it either. Um I mean, I feel like the not is very implied. <laughs> uh, so it's drama, it's it's issues, but we get to um Oracle and uh well not Oracle, we get to it's it's between it's Oracle and Vessel, but the, the last two episodes of the season. But we get to Oracle and remember the whole thing back in the earlier seasons where they're like where like there were this caves where they were like, Oh, it's a, the cave paintings and like the prophecy where like Clark will have like a great enemy that he has to duel or whatever. Well, yeah. here it is. We're fulfilling the prophecy right now. So basically professor fine is like, like we said, is like he's professor fine is essentially not, is not really a person. He's a piece of, uh, artificial intelligence he's a he's kryptonian artificial intelligence that zod programmed to like bring him back if he were to ever get like released into the general ecosystem and so professor fine had hoped that it would be clark that they that clark would be like the vessel for zod um was not clark couldn't get to clark so they found another vessel and the other vessel is Lex. So Professor Fine does what he has to do and essentially starts the the process to make let like make Lex the vessel that like Zod will like inhabit and um be, you know, and then be on Earth, like fully realized. And so there's like a whole thing. So Jarrell is basically like, so FYI, you got to kill Lex. <laughs> and you got to do it with this special knife and you've got to murder him or else like bad shit's going to happen. And Clark is like, I got to, ki- I was like, I never like, I got to kill Lex like for real. Like he's not really feeling it. In particular, <laughs> he didn't expect this. He didn't necessarily want this to happen. And so Lex 
not also Lex kind of not knowing that like he's been given powers in order to like be Zod. He but he does find but Lana overhears that like Lana overhears a conversation with Clark and Chloe. Uh, talking about how, like, Clark has to kill Lex. So, of course, she runs and tells her boyfriend, she's like, oh, Clark's gonna kill you. Like, and Lex being Lex is like, you know, he takes it, he takes the fight to Clark. He's like, all right, so you're here to kill, like, I heard you were trying to kill me. Street said, like, you wanted to see me, so I came to see you first. What's up? And Mm -hmm. essentially, Clark can't do it. And Shout out to Lex, because Lex does, like, does do, like, say some really, like, real shit. He's like, you know, Lex is like, you know, I used to think that, like, you were it. And I used to try to want to be like you. And then I realized, you lie. You lie all the time. You lie to me. You lie, you lie to Lana. You be lying to everybody. So, like, you're actually a hypocrite. So, like, what are you actually about? Like, are you really better than me? And it's it's a really great scene. <laughs> Lex said, you fake as fuck. I don't want to kick it with you, skate with you, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's like you- really, really bad, you guys. But it's, lo- it's long overdue. It's long overdue. It's long overdue. Because honestly and truly, I honestly feel like if it was going to be this way with them at odds, it was going to be this way, right? Right. But now, because of Clark's years of gaslighting, manipulating, and lying... Lex feels like he's on the moral high ground. He now does. You've created, so you've created a very different dynamic now than what would have been. Exactly. Oh, it's well. like if if you had been real, if if you had been real, like maybe it could have turned out different. But like that's not the situation. So let so Clark so Lex and Clark like scrape it up, and Lex. Not Lex. Clark brings out the special knife that he's supposed to use to kill Lex so that he doesn't become Zod. And instead, and then Professor Fine shows up and he's like, let's see. And then, you know, he has like this epic line of like, let's see if you're really your father's son. And he, and instead of killing Lex, Clark throws the knife into Fine's chest which doesn't, which does not go like he thinks it does. Because essentially that's what he needed to do the whole time. So when he throws the knife into Fine's chest, it starts like, it starts like um, the situation, essentially. Like Lex becomes Zod. Like Fine was the, and and then, um, yeah, Lex, Lex becomes Zod. And that's, that's how season ends like Clark is like Lex Lex and then like Lex turns to him and is like no Zod like or like he doesn't say Zod but he's like you have your father's eyes like and it's very like dramatic and awesome and intense it's very intense it's very cool we love it um like I said this midsection right here I feel like was Smallville and it's oof fully recognizing its power getting back on track 
And season five was a good one for me. It was a really good one. What do you think of season five? Good, bad, or basic? Same. I would say season five is great. Like, I do fuck with season five heavy. Like, it's so good. <laughs> I love the betrayal. I just love the entry. I love the I love the machinations. I love the manipulations. I love the hidden agendas. I love all of it. All Same. of it was working for me. Everything was working for me. So let's talk about season six of Smallville. Season so this is the last season we're covering this episode. Yeah. Um, Clark was put in the phantom zone at the end of last season. Yep. And uh, and he's still stuck in the phantom zone. Um, we also finally get to meet Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, that guy that Chloe had a fling with several seasons ago after clark left her hanging at the dance we get to meet him in the flesh he's an intern at the daily planet and he is going to be a supporting character and a principal cast member going forward right you know it's not really a a a supernatural or like superhero show unless one of the ashmore brothers show up you know what i mean it's really not. And they've been doing this since they were children. I don't remember which of them, but one of them was Jake, uh, the leader of the Animorphs on the Nickelodeon uh, uh, TV adaptation of the Animorphs book series. Oh, Animorphs are taking it way, way back. That's so way, wild. way, 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 way back. And it was definitely one of them on that show. And then the other became Iceman. Um, I believe there was another one who was on the original 4400. Mm-hmm. Um, they've yeah. been doing this for a really long time. They, they're they like, they're the supernatural superhero OGs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, the TV Hemsworth brothers. <laughs> they are the TV Hemsworth brothers. That's so true. That's really good. <laughs> so they show up, uh, or, uh, Aaron Ashmore shows up anyway. And his character doesn't start supernatural at first, but Jimmy goes through several things on this show. I'm gonna let you know right now. Jimmy, Jimmy be going go through a lot. Through it, he really doesn't deserve to go through all the shit that he goes through, but he just be going through it anyway. Um, but in that initial episode, uh, Clark does defeat Zod with the help of his father's assistant Raya, because Jor-El has an assistant. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, where has she been this whole time? Who knows? But sure, fine. Yeah. Uh, there's this really cute episode. Uh, it's uh, episode two of the season where Clark gets a cold for the very first time. And he develops a new power. Um, it's really, really cute um, because it's not something that we think about, but the show's well established that. Clark is as healthy as an ox. He never gets sick. <laughs> right. So the fact that he's like, you know, sick is like a, it's definitely, um, it's a, it's an issue. Um, so yeah. So after Zod's defeated, uh, and you know, things, return to I wouldn't say normal but relatively normal um after things sort of like relatively become relatively normal again uh we are introduced like 
we're introduced to um gr- like the green arrow so like obviously Stephen Amel I would say now is the like for I guess like uh, the the current generation like he is the green arrow for them I would say mm-hmm. um but I will always prefer Justin Hartley's green arrow same I think there's like a and I think the reason why is like Oliver Queen is supposed to be there oh oh that's why like I think the reason why is because like Stephen Stephen Amel's Green Arrow like feels too Batman y to me. Very emo. Very emo, very Batman. And like the whole thing with Oliver Queen is like Oliver doesn't like take anything in particular serious. Mm-hmm. Like he's a very unserious person. Right. And um, he's not a brooding person. Yeah, he's not really like a brooder. Like he feels bad about things, but like he um this isn't like really like like but like the whole like brooding Batman thing is like not what he does. But um and I think Justin Hartley like is like the embodiment of that. Like he takes it seriously, but at the same time, he's kind of like, oh, this whole, all this shit is very unserious to me. Um, which, so this season, Lana and Lex are like in it for real. <laughs> like they're booed up. Right. And, uh, you know, she's very like in her, you know, my daddy can't say anything. My mama can't say anything. Like, y'all can't really say anything to me about this man moment. <laughs> because Chloe and everybody else are like, I don't know if Lex is it for you, girl. And she's like, I'm not trying to hear what y'all are trying to say about this man. He's the only person that's been there w- for me and honest with me from start to finish. You lie. Clark lies. Henry Small lies. My parents are dead. (laughs) She's like, I'm just trying to find something to hold on to. And listen, I will say, like, evil Lana is a serve. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, Lana with Lex is, like, such an upgrade. evil or distressed? (laughs) I feel like she was in distress. (laughs) She was she was down bad. She was she I mean, was she was down bad. Not down that bad because I can see the appeal of Lex. I can see why she was attracted to him. Right, like he's very charismatic. He's very charming. And then on top of that, all the rest of y'all is some liars. And that's what I'm saying. At least like when Lex lies, like I don't know, like and I guess the thing about it is like they're bad liars. Like Lex is a good liar. <laughs> like he's good at it. Like. Lex gives her just enough to feel like she knows, but, like, she doesn't really know. You know what I mean? At least he cares enough to put some effort into his shit. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. So she's living in the Luthor mansion at this point. They're booed up. Um, And I swear that first episode where, where Lex and Lana have sex for the first time... It's not as fun as the Alicia and Clark one. It's one of those tender ones. But there's a lot of passion there. More than I'd ever seen between her and Clark. Sorry about it. There is. There's so much chemistry between them. And it's horrible because it's like... The whole thing is, is like... Um... Basically, she's she's getting caught. Like, the, the tabloids are catching her out here. And she's like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't want to be... 
some girl. And he's like, well, being with me is difficult. Like, I'm, see, this is what I'm talking about. Lex gives her just enough, you know? He's like, being with me is difficult. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and, like, play games with you. Like, you gotta make, you gotta make a choice about what you want to do. You either want to be with me or you don't. Like, but you gotta decide. Period. And she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And so then she goes, she goes for it. And, and essentially it's like a costume party and they go as like Anthony and Cleopatra. Iconic. Right. Iconic. Iconic. Great couples costume. And, uh, and yeah. And, and so this whole, in season six is basically Lana learning about all his shit. And, um, Cause there's an episode called Reunion that's all about like basically one of Lex's friends from like boarding school trying to kill everybody. Like it's it's like it's it's essentially Carrie. I mean, did you go to boarding school if you don't have a boarding school nemesis? <laughs> um, and I will say like. Re- and also, like, Reunion's, like, a really cool episode, I, like, because it's, like, it establishes the history between, like, Lex and all, it, like, mostly because of, like, the world building that happens in, in it, because they establish, like, the relationship between Lex and Oliver, like, Lex and Oliver also went to the same boarding school, and that's why they have beef with each other, because, like, they don't like each other, and then... There's also, like, this guy, there's, like, a one of their classmates that gets killed, but, like, he's, you know, they talk about him, and he make he says, like, this offhand thing of, like, well, it's been cool, but I gotta get back to Gotham, and it's, like, it's kind of fun for that reason. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but, like, there's that. So, but the, but the thing, but the real hit comes in episode eight, Static. Where, um, once again, Lex is taken, Lex has this, like, he's doing illegal experiments on the meteor-infected population from Belle Reve in mm-hmm. this, like, called, like, 33.1, like, that's the thing for it. And he, um, in during, like, the time that, like, one of these people, like, take him hostage... Lana lets it slip that she's ego prego. Yeah, she is pregnant. And typical damsel fashion, she is only now starting to realize the type of man that she's with. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's 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 alarming that she didn't see the red flags. Until that pregnancy test. Um, but Lana's pregnant. We find this out in like episode 7. So pretty early on. Um, Lois has been dating the Green Arrow this entire time by the way. And I like that match. I really do. They're a great match. Oh I like it so much. I like it so much. Why couldn't you just let them be great? Anyways. Um, Tori Spelling shows up. Uh, she plays a gossip columnist named Linda Lake who can turn herself into water and get into places and get the scoop. Uh, And uh, (laughs) 
she finds uh she uh da, 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 da. she's trying to get the scoop on the green arrow she finds out the scoop about clark instead Jarea, it's drama um lex proposes to lana marriage and she goes for it <laughs> yeah i mean you're having this man's baby so and y'all supposed to be in a relationship so why not um by episode 12, the people in zone 33.1 are getting out, and they're a problem. Yeah, they're a problem. Um, Lex's we, monsters can't be contained. They can't. And Lionel, and he and Lionel were starting to work together to contain them, but um, they failed. Uh also, the whole time, like, Clark, the, I guess the, the thing that's happening is all, all the, the, the villains from, like, the Phantom Zone got released, so Clark is having to, like, recapture all of them. Hate it. Hate it. Hate that for him. But this was yet another season where Lex is bamboozled by his daddy. He really thinks that he and Lionel are are in a better place now. But Chloe learns in episode 20 that Lionel forced Lana to marry Lex. And he's using her to spy on his son. Something's never changed. I mean, that's so Lionel. (laughs) (laughs) Something's never changed, you guys. Um, And it's crazy because she's doing this this investigative work and you're thinking that the outcome is going to be that Lex forced her to marry him. Right? Nope. It was his daddy. That that's like typical. That feels really, yeah, that's very on brand for Lionel. Um, so I, it does end with, uh, so the season does end with Lana telling her, telling Lex that she's leaving him. And, uh, yeah, she she tells she tells Lex that she's leaving him and he's like, "Oh, you're going. Where do you think you're going?" <laughs> and he's arrested <laughs> for her mm. murder. Mm. That old girl faked her like disappearance. Yeah, it. she faked her death in order to get away from Lex and I think also to get away from his daddy's ever watchful eye. I oh, yeah. um and it looks bad. It looks it, bad. Of course it looks bad. Um, but in the season finale, Clark finally tells Lana where he comes from and also learns that Lionel forced her to marry Lex. And one of the things, one of the reasons why, and I, it didn't click when I first watched the show, but it clicked about probably the second or third time. One of the reasons he had such trouble telling Lana where he came from is because the meteor shower that brought him here orphaned her. He's directly responsible for her parents dying. And I think the guilt he feels about this is the reason why he thought Lana could never really accept him. Mm. Because I don't think he thinks that she is any less caring or understanding than Pete or Chloe. Right. Um, But all of this goes down in that finale. And... um, uh, gosh, something horrible happens with Lo- with Lionel in the season uh, finale, but I can't remember. He, I know he gets injured really terribly. Okay, 
Um, um, yeah. Or Lana, Lana's out here uh, faking car bombs and shit. <laughs> or no, like he something I don't remember. I want to say, and I don't know because, like you said, season seven, like Michael Rosenbaum isn't oh isn't really around. But I do know that Lex kills Lionel. That happens. I remember that. I just don't remember what episode it happens on. Yeah, it might be this season. Yeah, something happens. I remember Lionel being here for a good long time, though. There's even in another season where he and Clark swap bodies, like swap consciousness on some Freaky Friday stuff. Oh, no, that was earlier. That was earlier? Okay. Yeah. Right, right, because that's when he makes the transition into good Lionel, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, supposedly. But, yeah, um, I think that's when he makes the full transition to evil Lex. But the truth is, he w- he never had a chance as long as Zyna was alive, either way. Right. Um, uh, like, you know what? You know it happens in Descent. Because, like, Michael Rosenbaum is back in season seven on in episode 16. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's... That's on a couple episodes, and then he comes back for the finale. But... T- removing the primary character that's supposed to be our hero's arch nemesis is a really dumb move. Yeah, it like, and we'll talk about this more, I guess, when we get into the third part of this this coverage. But like, it it, it like it's he is the story engine for better for worse, um, and I, and it he's also the most complicated character I think on the series for better for worse, like. I like Clark, that's fine and everything, but he's, Clark is not, to me, like, Clark is complicated, but I don't think, I think his complications come more in the later seasons, when they sort of are, like, having more questions around his morality, and, like, what it means, but, um, as of season six, he's the most, Lex is really the most complicated, I think, most fully realized character on the show. And I think this is why growing up, I always had a thing for villains, uh, very well actualized, complex villains, because I always felt that there was more room for growth in either direction when you're dealing with a villain. Right, right. Lex, and the Lex that we ta- we leave in season six is definitely not the one we met in season one. Right, he's like, a, like he's you know, leaps and bounds away. So that's definitely something to to think on. Um, but his daddy's going to learn about meddling in his marriages. I swear to God, he will not leave this kid alone. <laughs> <laughs> also, listen, also, I think, also, I remember feeling like Lana leaving Lex and, like, the reasons. I felt it was, like, a big cop-out. I personally liked, I really was here for the evolution of, like, an evil Lana, like you said, she's in distress, but like there are things that she does and that she says to the lead up to the to the lead up of their relationship that hints at like a real darkness in her that to me was really interesting. Like, for example, when they get when they're held hostage by the 33.1 guy and then they're released, you know, and then you know it it works out. Lana says, like, you know, Lex is lying to her. He's like, you know, 33.1 is, isn't is real. That guy was, like, delusional, blah, 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 blah. And, like, Lana sort of can feel like, you know, she kind of feels like he's lying to her. So she's like, so she says, and she means it when she says it. She goes, 
even if 33.1 didn't exist, did exist, she says, I'd understand why you had it. And honestly, this is smart. Like these meteor people like are sick and they hurt people. And the more we know about them is like the better we, we can protect ourselves. Like, so I was, so when you have her saying stuff like that, I was like, Ooh, I'm interested in, in the descent of like Lana. And that would have been a cool way to get us off of the Lana Lang and into the Lois Lane realm, right? Realm, It would have made sense for why his first love, this great epic love, came to a screeching halt. Because the person who Clark is is not capable of loving someone who's evil. So it would have made perfect sense that he no longer loves her. But for the duration of the series... um their relationship is, you know, what might have been. And that's another reason why the Lois and Clark angle fail. Because you're thinking he's still carrying a torch for Lana. Right. And they needed to shut the door on Lana. And they never really quite do. Um, And that would have been a good way to do it. For her to be... To... um, for her to be Lex's true partner. And even, and I would have even, and I think something that could have been even more compelling is like, so you have Michael Rosen, if you insist on Michael, or if Michael Rosenbaum insists on leaving, right? You have, I mean, what you can do is like, you can have Lex die by, or like Lex have to go into hiding or whatever by the either the authorities or by the hand of his father, and then let Lana, like, be a true successor to, like, Luther Corp. Like, and be, and then become Clark's nemesis, like, true, like, true nemesis. Like, that, ooh, that could have been, that could have really been That would have been hot. I that would have been hot. And I really think this would have been a chance for Kristen Crew to wow the audience. Because she was giving, and it was never giving as much as I think she thought it gave. <laughs> Right, and, like, and that's the thing, and and that's another thing, like, these episodes with Lex, like, in these episodes that she plays opposite of Michael Rosenbaum, are, like, her best episodes of the series. The best! They're the best, and, like, so, like, if you could let her, like, fully go into that, oof, and, like, be Clark's nemesis, and be, like, actually, like, you, you're not, like, shit like you think you're shit, like... Yo, I would have been, like, I would have been laid out... (laughs) Or, you know, Clark tells her his origins and and she's like, well, damn, you ruined my life. Fuck you. Yeah, like, you're the reason for every <laughs> bad thing in my life. Like, fuck you. Listen, I was I would have been here for it. Anyway. I mean, we let Bruce Wayne whine about his parents for like 40 years, so. Listen, I, I'm here for the girls having mommy and daddy issues and just whining about it for like seasons on end. <laughs> I mean, Elena used her parents as a crutch for her worst decisions for the duration of the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Like, I'm here for it. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that could have been hot. Like, she's like, you ruined everything in my life. You're the reason why my husband had to go into hiding. Like, you're a, you lied. You're a, you were lying to everybody in your whole life. Like, who the, like, I don't know you. Like. She's like, I know Lex. I don't know you. Like, who are you? Like, that could have been hot. Like, oof. 
that would have been a wave, man. And I would have, I would have, I would have ridden that wave for sure. Same. Um, I would have been like, yes, girl, you better get in those. So little... many lost opportunities to make her more interesting as a character, just left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> right, just left on the cutting room floor for for whatever reason. There you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made seasons four through six good of Smallville, good, bad, basic, and unforgettable. If you'd like to check out this series, Smallville is currently streaming on Hulu. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. If you're a patron, um, be sure to check out our Smallville playlist. Tune in next week as we keep this season going and continue our discussion on the hometown hero turned global justice warrior. You don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.